Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Something's happening. Something extraordinary. Something exciting. Something authentic and true. Everything changes now. And snap. What's next? The future. That's our specialty. Trust me? Yes. May the Force be with us. of FW Presents, the anthology show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and this episode is called Disney Plus and Minuses, and it is going to focus on the brand new streaming service, Disney Plus, the good, the bad, the ugly, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and the only person I can think of to possibly join me for a discussion on Disney Plus is my pal, Sean Myers. Hi, Sean. Hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. So everybody, of course, if you happen to listen to my new show for All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast, you heard Sean on that uh, show, the first episode there. He is the biggest Super Friends fan that I know. And if there's anything that I think, I guess, that, Sean, you like more than the Super Friends, it's Kylie Minogue. <laughs> but if there's anything you like more than Kylie Minogue, it's Disney. Is that a fair assessment? Yes and yes. Okay, all right. So <laughs> until we can get you started on Kylie Cast for the Fire and Water <laughs> Podcast Network, uh, we're going to talk about Disney. Before we talk about Disney Plus and why we're even talking about this, I, I want to give a little everybody a little bit of context. Like, what, what is it about Disney? Did you always love it? Like, why do you love this brand so much? I literally have always loved Disney. Um, my very first memory is Christmas, and I have a Winnie the Pooh in my hands, and I'm just flabbergasted that I actually have this physical thing that I'd seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge fan of the book and record sets when I was a little kid. Uh, before you could have movies at your fingertips, whether it's streaming or like an actual disc, uh, I used to relive the movies by listening to the record album versions that would have the story and then a lot of the songs. 
And the songs really is what pulled me into Disney. I just loved all of the music. And I had so many of the early book and records. And I remember my mom reading me bedtime stories and naptime stories with Disney characters and, and watching the wonderful world of Disney every Sunday night. And you would see a true life adventure or an animated feature or, you know, how they made something or it's just, it was just amazing. Like all of my life, I've always loved Disney. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. I assume you, your mom, your dad took you to see the movies too as well. Actually, uh, my mom and dad never took me to see the movies. Uh, big ups to my sister who, when she was dating her future husband, they used to take us to see Disney movies as part of their dates. Wow, that's pretty that's pretty generous for them to do <laughs> in more ways than one. That's and I, I can still remember the first Disney animated movie I saw in the theater was Robin Hood. And I can still remember it clear as day, clear as yesterday. Oh, that's wonderful. Boy, your your brother in law was he must have just been thrilled to have a little kid tagging along. <laughs> well, I kind of sort of related, uh when they went to Disney World, they actually took me along to mine their daughters. That's fair. You know, they, they're paying it back. It's perfect. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's a great. Oh, that's a that's a great story. I love that. That's fantastic. So, why? Very cool. Like I said, I, I'm you know, Sean and I, I were friends on Facebook, and I'm always seeing Sean's like, "What movies watching tonight?" Or which pick? Like he's asking people, "Which movie should I watch?" And it's always between one of two Disney films. It's always something like that, something from the vault or some classic thing. So, well, that's fantastic. So I'm excited to talk about uh, Disney Plus. But before we do, uh, we have to thank our sponsor. This episode of FW Presents is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Sean, you brought along a book. What is it? It is the Walt Disney Treasury of Classic Tales Hardcover, Volume 2, 220 pages. And the write-up says, from the early 1950s through the late 80s, the Disney studio created Sunday comics adaptions of more than 120 of their animated and live-action films. This chronological all-star lineup in the second volume reflects the maturation and diversity of the studio's releases, including 13 strips, Sleeping Beauty, The Legends of Davy Crockett, The Littlest Outlaw, The Great Locomotive Chase, Lambert the Sheepish Lion, Westward Ho the Wagons, Gus and Jacques, which are the mice from Cinderella, Johnny Tremaine, Perry, Old Yeller, The Seven Dwarves and the Witch Queen, The Light in the Forest, and The Shaggy Dog. And these are all Sunday strips, so they're huge comic strip pages in this great hardcover book. That's really cool. I I knew that Disney had done that as a comic book or as a uh, you know a strip, but I didn't know they'd been collected. That's that's a that's a that's really fun. That's really cool. I knew about these. I had no idea they were collected like this. I know there are at least three different volumes, and now I feel the need to go out and get them. Uh, the one I mentioned is regularly forty nine ninety nine. The in-stock trade, in-stock trades price is $34.99, and I hope I get it for Christmas. <laughs> very, very, very cool. That's great. I love those IDW comic strip collections. They do such a great job. I love that they're, they present them in the original format. You know, they're horizontal books and not vertical because, of course, that, that way you can see the strips nice and big. Very, very cool pick. Uh, I went for Walt Disney Donald Duck hardcover box set. 
uh, by Andes and Unicorn. Uh, it's, 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 they're by, they're Carl Barks stories, basically. Carl Barks, two of our most popular Donald Duck albums take up this special box set representing the Donald Duck stories of Carl Barks, one of the most brilliant cartoonists of the 20th century. The title story of Lost in the Andes featured the Ducks' quest to South America in search of rare square eggs and trail of the unicorn is a trek to the Himalayas to find that fabled mythical creature. Handsomely presented in a stunningly beautiful and colorful box set at a special price that even Uncle Scrooge would approve of. It's from Fanagraphics. It's 472 pages. Normal price is $49.99. In stock trade price is $34.99. You save 30%. Carl Barks is one of those, especially you know his duck stuff, is one of the blind spots of my comic book reading. I've read some stuff, and it's really beautiful, but I have not read enough of it. And so at some point, I have to go through these uh, these collections and, and buy some of these. And this cover is beautiful. It's got these nine little insets of different duck uh, characters drawn by Carl Barks. It's just a beautiful, beautiful set. So you could pick either one of those up. Uh, again, if you bought them both, they would be over 50 bucks, and you would get free shipping. So you can find these and all your other trade paperback needs. Visit InStockTrades.com, and we thank them for their support. All right, Sean, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, everybody's wondering, why are we devoting a whole episode, a whole podcast, to a, to a streaming service? Well, of course, nowadays, everybody either has a streaming service or they're coming out with one. Uh, you know, the Netflix is the progenitor of it. There's Hulu. Amazon has it. Um, there's going to be HBO Max soon, mm-hmm. which is sort of Warner Brothers folded into there. NBC is doing one called Peacock, which is like I, that one. I'm like, what the, what's the point of that one? Uh, CBS All Access, of course, exists. So it's like everybody is doing it. That's the wave of the – it's not even the future. It's here. But I don't think any of them are can really hold a candle to Disney+. Plus. Uh, both in its presentation and just how much of the marketplace this thing is is taking up because no one has a library like Disney. And, of course, that's the reason that they bought Fox, the sort of controversial mm-hmm. move to buy Fox, was they wanted a deeper bench of material. I mean, you would think Disney enough already would have enough material. But they wanted they now they have a whole other studio to perm things from, and so the site launched on November twelfth. Uh, I assume that you bought it. You know, did you? Okay, they have that. They have that deal where if you get it for three years, you get it as a discount. Did you get that, or did you do? Are you doing it like month at a time or something? No, uh, if you were if you are a member of D twenty three, which is their, the Disney owned fan club you were able to join for three years which uh you pay, basically paid for two years and got one year free and yes i did that the day it was able for me <laughs> to sign up for it and uh, you mentioned that the streaming service came out on november 12th i actually took the day off from work on the 12th and the 13th so I, what i wanted to watch that is that is fantastic. I absolutely love that. No, okay. I'm sorry. I have to ask you, what was the first thing that you watched on Disney Plus? So the first thing I did watch, there's kind of like an asterisk with this. The first thing I did watch was The Mandalorian. Okay. All right. And I, I do like Star Wars. I, I would even say I'm a fan of Star Wars. I'm not a hardcore fan. I do have the movies. I've watched them several times. Um, I've never really read novels or even comics or anything like that, but I do I do like Star Wars. Um, I would say, you know, I'm like a high to mid-level fan. I'm not hardcore. Um, I love The Mandalorian. However, 
The reason I watched The Mandalorian first is because I didn't want anything spoiled for me. Ah, okay. If it wasn't for that fear, honestly, the first thing I would have watched, which was the second thing I watched, which is The Legend of the Three Caballeros. Ooh, deep cut. I like that. It was, it was an animated show. I think it was only shown in the Philippines two or three years ago. Um, I had heard such great things. I had seen maybe like a two-minute clip, if that, of it. And when I saw that was on Disney+, Plus, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wait to see that. And it's a great show. I love it. Well, let me jump back to The Mandalorian. Now, of course, Ryan Daly already talked about, the I think, the first one or two episodes of The Mandalorian over on uh, our sister show, Give Me Those Star Wars. But I want to ask you, like, so now that we're five episodes in at this point, uh, what what are your overall thoughts on The, the Mandalorian? I think it's absolutely great. I love it. Um, I like it for a lot of reasons. It does feel like old school Star Wars, which everyone is saying that. That's absolutely true. But also, it's um, it's almost like a return to TV of the 70s. And the reason I say that is because TV shows now always have this long, overreaching arc that lasts the entire season. And this does, too. But there are a lot of episodes that just feel like standalone episodes where you could I think you really could just watch this, watch one episode and be fine with what happens. Yeah, they are kind of uh, there is you get the sense there is somewhat of an over overarching arc because, of course, he's got Baby Yoda and people are chasing Baby Yoda. But, yeah, each individual episode at the very least does have a, a beginning, middle and end. Uh, and it's you know, certainly a handsome production, and I have been enjoying it. I don't love it. I like it. Baby Yoda is certainly completely adorable. I mean, not just for the big eyes, but just the whole, you know, he's, he's, you could see that, 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 that Yoda insouciance that he's got. You know, there's that whole bit where he was like, he's reaching out on the, the panel of the ship, and, and mm-hmm. the, the Mandalorian's like, don't touch that. And then you see him <laughs> kind of leaning over, kind of like slowly, like, oh, okay. So, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, everybody loves that. So I do enjoy it. Um, I am, do you have any idea, like, how long it's supposed to run for a season? Like, we're up to episode five. Is there, is it like 13 shows? I, I have no clue. It's eight episodes. Oh, it's eight. Oh, wow. We're yeah. about, geez, we're halfway done then. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Even before the streaming service premiered, it had already been picked up for a second season. Of course. Of course. Now, I don't know if that second season will still be eight episodes or if they'll if a longer season. Um, I know some people are complaining about the length of the episodes. I think they were expecting it to be 40 minutes or an hour long. But I would much rather have a lean, tight 32, 35, 38-minute runtime. Than a bloated 44 minutes. Oh, me too. Yeah. If you could tell your story shorter and it doesn't feel like rushed or you're missing anything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of like that. It's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say breaking the, the, the format. That's, that's a little much, but yeah, you would expect the star Wars TV show to be an hour. It just feels that way. But yeah, I like that. They're 32 minutes. Like, all right, that's, that's the story. We don't need to, to go anymore. I mean, that was one of my big problems with frankly, the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Was that to me? They felt so bloated. Like I was just like, God, is something going to happen in any of these things? So I kind of liked that the Mandalorian is 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 tight. Um, what was how was the uh, the three Caballeros? Was it worth you know like was it worth the build up? It was great. Um, and we can get into this in a little bit. My preferred way. I never ever binge watch TV shows. Like even if I love a TV show, I don't want to watch those same characters four episodes, five episodes, six episodes in a row. I just, I just don't. But my preferred way to watch a TV show is one a day, 
like almost like a syndicated model. Hmm. Um, so that's what I did with the three Legend of the Three Caballeros, and it's fantastic because um, it takes the three Caballeros, which are Donald Duck, Jose Carioca, and Panchito, and those are actually characters that were around in the forties. Right, right. And the animation is beautiful. They go on adventures. They go to different countries, and it's just and there there actually does have an overarching storyline for thirteen episodes. Um, <laughs> So one a day I watch it. It tells a great story. It's funny. It's exciting. Um, I absolutely love it. The other, and then after I was done with that, I started watching Spider Woman from the Wow. Next, okay. <laughs> which uh, Saturday Morning Fever just covered that. So when That's I right. finished Spider Woman, I listened to that show. Right. <laughs> and I I used to watch Spider Woman like when I was a kid on TV. And this is one reason why I love Disney Plus and I love that it's on Disney Plus because had there been a DVD or Blu-ray release of Spider-Woman, I would have purchased it. I would have gladly purchased it and I would have regretted it three episodes in. Oh, I was just about to ask. I mean, this maybe isn't a fair question to ask about a a 40-year-old cartoon, but does Spider-Woman hold up at all? Um, With nostalgic goggles? And and her costume is great. Right. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, but like, I'm so glad it's on Disney Plus because I got to watch each and every episode one a day. But I don't feel you know the burn of a twenty five thirty dollar DVD Blu Ray set because it was on Disney Plus for quote unquote free. You know, right, I paid right. for it, so now anything I watch is free. You can't picture yourself like one day looking at your shelf and going, you know what I want to watch? Spider Woman. <laughs> Like, that's not gonna happen. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, we were, we were. I was going to stick to talking about originals for the moment, but since you talked about Spider Woman and Three Caballeros, I did want to mention. Uh, I've been sort of uh, bopping around because I started with the Mandalorian as well, of course. But one thing that I I started to watch kind of on a whim, just because I'd heard it was good and I liked what I saw of the artwork, was Ducktales, the new Ducktales. Yeah. Um, that I watched the first three episodes, and I couldn't believe it. I actually laughed out loud during Ducktales. I mean, I don't know. I always just thought it was like a kiddie cartoon, but I mean, not only is the style of the animation really beautiful, and it's—I assume it's all done by computer. It's done on computer because that's how mm-hmm. everything is done now. But it's done to look like it was hand animated, so it looks like they look like comic book drawings, and I really like. I was like, this is a really sharp show. And I looked up some of the voice talent and there's a lot of like community veterans on there. I was like, this is a really good, really funny show that works kind of for adults and for kids. It's got the basic plot for kids and you know basic adventures, but then it throws in little gags for adults. I really, I was like, I don't know why I feel, I don't want to say ashamed, but I feel weird that I like like DuckTales because I know it's aimed at children. But I don't know. I really like that show. Have you watched it? I haven't watched the new DuckTales, but I've never heard any bad comments about the new DuckTales. I just hear it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it is my list to watch eventually. Yeah, it's really, really fun. And it it's got some wit to it. I was like really charmed by it. I really – and I was like – well, thank you, Disney Plus, because I wouldn't have watched it probably in any other context. But just to, you know, sit there and hit one episode, like, this is really good. So, okay. So, DuckTales, 
great. Three Caballeros, great. Let's go back to the originals. Out of the originals, out of all the stuff that, that Disney Plus is, you know, Disney's funding itself, uh, what else have you watched outside The Mandalorian? So Mandalorian is great. The other thing, which um, I do think this is one instance where you do have to be a Disney fan to appreciate the show, would be the Imagineering story. Okay. So for, if people who don't know, Imagineers are basically like the Disney engineers. They build the parks, the rides, that kind of thing. And the great thing about this show, originally it was supposed to be a documentary film. They went to the filmmaker, Leslie Iwerks, and said, you know, can you expand this to a television show? So now we have six one-hour episodes that are a real deep dive into how they built the parks, how they built the rides. Um, it starts with Walt, Walt's vision. Um, it goes on and on. And I have to say, the amazing thing about the Imagineering story is, of course, Disney is probably rightfully accused of sugarcoating things and always putting their best face forward and, it, you know, everything's sunshine, rainbows and lollipops. <laughs> but the Imagineering story really does take an even-handed, balanced look at their past. That, you know, they will point out mistakes that were made, things that they did on the cheap and now have to go back and fix it because of that. I am so impressed with the show. And I'm, I know a lot about Disney parks. And there are always things in each episode that I had never seen before, I had never heard about, I never knew about. I'm so impressed with it. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the other things I watched too. Uh, you said Leslie Iwerks, who's what I think the granddaughter of the legendary Ub Iwerks, one of the great yeah. one of the great names in all of history, Ub Iwerks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I really in- enjoyed the Imagineering story as well. It's narrated by Angela Bassett. And especially that first episode, because it's got all this great color footage mm-hmm. of of these guys building this stuff, you know, in like their 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 snap in snap rim fedoras, you know, in their suits, and they're out there building this stuff. And yeah, I mean, these guys are real geniuses. And I I will say the later episodes, I'm not quite as captivated by because it kind of gets more into the business side of it, like about Jeffrey Katzenberg and or excuse me, not Jeffrey Michael Eisner. And I'm a little like, all right, this stuff doesn't interest me as much. But their first couple uh, were really, really good. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, you 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 look at all this stuff in retrospect, and you just think, you know, the Disney brand is is Disney. You know, it's like this indestructible thing. And you don't realize that, you know, like when Walt Disney tried to build Walt Disney World in the '60s, people thought he was nuts. You know, like he he had to like. Uh, they they talked about that he had to like uh, take out a second mortgage on one of his own homes to help pay for it because the cost runs had gotten so out of control and it was like you know the people really said no one's going to come to this thing it's in the middle of nowhere it's you know it's it's you're a fool and he believed in himself and pushed this thing forward and now it's Walt Disney World is like everyone in the world knows what it is so I really uh, have been enjoying it. I I love stories of creation of art. You know, the the nuts and bolts of how you got this stuff done. And I also love the collision between kind of left brain and right brain. Mm-hmm. And that you have to be – these engineer guys have to be creative types. They have to be able to sort of envision how people are going to interact with what they build. But then they have to literally find ways to construct it, uh, which is – that is just fascinating to me. So, no, I, I the Imagineering story has been – really quite interesting and and i agree i like that they did get into some of the some of the kind of 
you know, darker sides of it. They talk about uh, Disney, uh, Euro Disney, which was kind of a failure, and Disney in, what was it, Tokyo? Well, they talked about doing that one on the cheap. Uh-huh. And that, that didn't work out well. So I like that they were at times willing to kind of say, yeah, they, you know, we sort of screwed that one up a little bit. And, and just to be fair, so I am a huge Disney fan, absolutely. But I am what I call like a Disney realist because a lot, <laughs> a lot of Disney fans just think everything is pixie dust and wonderful and magical. And I guess because, you know, I've worked in retail, customer service. Mm. Like if, if you have a great experience, a lot of times it's because someone worked to do that for you, whether it's an Imagineer or a cast member who gave your kid an ice cream cone because it fell on the ground, whatever. Um, <laughs> so that's why I'm impressed with the Imagineering story. But there is another one. It just started called One Day at Disney. And I was looking forward to it. It's um, They interview different cast members across the entire Disney uh, community. Oh, now, wow. Okay. The first episode was an hour long. And there's like six or seven different interviews with people. And some of them are good. But I think that's a case of where things are a little bit too pixie dusted, okay. a little bit too glossy. Um, now, it is a series of shorts. There are going to be 52 different ones, and each one's going to be like three or four minutes long. So I'll, I'll hold off on judging it harshly until I watch all of them, but that seems a little bit too nicey-nicey. Gotcha. That reminds me of a of story. The first time I ever went to Walt Disney World, I've only been there twice. The first time I went there was for uh, our high school senior trip, and I had a T-shirt that had a panel from the comic strip Mother Goose and Grimm. I don't know if you remember that strip, and it was a the the this it was just a single panel, and it was the dog of Mother Goose and Grimm. I think the dog was Grimm, and laying by the dog was a pair was Mickey's shorts, you know, with the red shorts with the white buttons mm-hmm. and like the gloves and the shoes, but there was no Mickey. And then the 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 dog was was thinking burp, like he just ate Mickey Mouse. And I just, when I was 16, I thought it was funny, and I wore that T-shirt. And so I wore it to the park uh, one of the days we were out there. And I went to the con- I went to one of the concession stands to get a soda or something. And the employee saw my T-shirt, and he looked left, looked right, and he went, I like your T-shirt. <laughs> so like, the fact that he looked left and right, I was like, oh, God, he's afraid of, like, a sniper's bullet taking him out or something. I was like, that's sorry sorry buddy it's okay it's fine it's not a big deal um so I'll, I'll have to check that out i have not i have not seen that um have you been watching uh, the world according to jeff goldblum that's that's the thing that surprised me the most um now for national geographic the only thing i had ever watched on national geographic is the tv show brain games uh, and I'd watched a lot of those episodes, so I knew I liked it. So I was happy to see that that is also on National Ge- or not on Disney Channel. Oh my God, on Disney Plus. <laughs> so that way I can go back and watch the episodes I haven't seen. Um, but the World According to Jeff Goldblum, it was the last original that I watched because I didn't know if I cared. I know what it was. I can't believe how much I love this show. <laughs> so funny and so quirky and and i knew he was like that like i've seen him in interviews and i've always i've always liked him as an actor sure just as as acting in a film i like jeff goldman and i knew that i liked him as a person but i didn't know what this show was going to be and i thought it was so fantastic now all of the topics are just common everyday things that you don't even give two thinks about right right sneakers ice cream you know 
put such an interesting spin on everything. He has such an inquisitive mind. And I mean, when, when I heard that they were doing that, I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. You just want Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. You know, just being funny. Uh, there's this great moment in the ice cream one where he is walking to the uh, the graveyard of uh, the Ben and Jerry's forgotten flavor, the the dead flavors, and it's actually like a little graveyard with little tombstones. And they're playing this very heavy music under him, like dun dun. And at one point, he stops. He's like, "Where's that music coming from? Is that actually here?" <laughs> like, it made me laugh. It's it's really entertaining. It's re- he's he has such a kind of you know, adventuresome spirit and just, you know, I mean, everybody loves him. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a fun guy. And I just, I think it's such a great, I think whoever came up with it, he's the executive producer, whoever came up with the idea for the show, to me, exactly figured out what people wanted out of Jeff Goldblum. You know, it's like, I don't want to see Jeff Goldblum host a talk show. I don't want to see Jeff Goldblum play different characters every month. What do I want yeah. to see him do? I just want to see him interacting with real people, just being Jeff Goldblum. And that is what I want. And like, you know, the the episode, the sneakers one where he gets the pair of custom sneakers made for him, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm unwrapping the box. Like, and he's narrating it. It's really priceless. And you're right. It's it's kind of just, you know, regular items that he's discussing. But it's you do learn stuff. You learn things about how ice cream is made or how sneakers are made or like the, the, the market, you know, the, the sort of um, big money market of sneakers. But just this funny six foot three gangly weird guy walking among uh, among everybody is just it's just priceless. And the funny thing is, as comic book fans, you know, like we're just so ingrained to going to a convention and you see, you know, a wall of all the comics and you pick out, you know, whatever you love. You dig through a long box, you know, maybe maybe you'll go to the one or two dollar bins. Maybe you'll pay fifty dollars for a book. Maybe you'll pay a hundred dollars. Maybe you'll pay a thousand. But it just never dawned on me that someone would pay a thousand dollars or more for sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. And it just dawns on me. Well, yeah, I probably like. Anything that can be collected, there are probably hardcore collectors who go to conventions, shop eBay, and like will do anything for their hobby. Yeah, that's true enough. Uh, I mean, know that Marvel already has Jeff Goldblum as as uh, the Grandmaster in Thor Ragnarok, but man, I would kill to see him play Reed Richards. I would. <laughs> I just, I just want to see that so bad. So yeah, that's a, I, that's a really really great show. <laughs> Is there any other originals that you watch? Um, I'm surprised that I like High School Musical. Okay. The way I, and, and the reason I say that, so I liked the original movie, the Disney Channel movies, when they came out with Zac Efron and everything. But they certainly are like Disney Channel movies right, and right. that aesthetic. And I kind of was expecting the same for High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is the best title ever. <laughs> uh, but it, it's really neat because obviously it's not real life. It's not a documentary. It's filmed like a documentary where the characters will talk to the screen. But the kids in this high school are performing high school musical as their school musical. But it's really – I'm not going to say it's in-depth because it's not. But compared to the original high school musical movies, this really has some substance to it. Um like one of the kids, their parents is getting a divorce, and it, it really like kind of goes through that with him. Um, I am stunned and amazed. I absolutely love that they have you know two gay characters and they show them dancing together <gasps> and at the school dance. And this is you know 
Disney. Like it is absolutely aimed at that teen market. And I just, the representation that that is for people, I just think that's amazing. Um, go ahead. Forgive me for asking this, but but it just it made me think of it, uh, and and maybe you don't know exactly the the answer to this question, but has not Disney, um, at least in terms of other companies of its size, have been Disney's been relatively progressive when it comes to that stuff, and kind of early on. Am I is that is that a fair thing to say about them? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a company, they were one of the first ones to have. Um, benefits for partners um as a production company they have had gay characters actually on their disney channel shows so at least right, one right. i think the fosters but it, but again that's it's it's a different level now with inclusion sure um, sure so they had they had the two they had the gay couple on high school musical and marvel hero project which takes kids that are doing something great for their community and make a comic book with that kid character in the comic book. And just the most recent episode of Marvel hero project had a trans kid. Mm. That is just fantastic. Like it was just so heartwarming and wonderful. I thought I remembered hearing like a long time, like even back as maybe even in the eighties that Disney would have like, the I don't want to I don't want to use the phrase it wasn't like gay pride days at the park but it was something like that and you know I remember thinking boy they were probably getting a lot of shit from people back then about that and they did it so uh, what that's a kind of sorta so okay all right yeah you enlighten me to this <laughs> technically Disney did not have gay days at the park and Disney still does not have okay gay days at the park it is um, another. Uh, organization, another company. Oh, that okay. Had, um, there are different park days. So like one day you'll go to Epcot, one day you'll go to Animal Kingdom, one day you'll go to Magic Kingdom. Um, however, if they chose, Disney could easily shut that down, not let people with the red shirts in. Right, right, right. But it's the exact opposite. Um, they embrace it. You know, it's a lot of good chance for to sell a lot of merchandise with rainbows and <laughs> you know okay like that <laughs> yeah i mean uh, gay people's money is just as green as anybody else's so all right well good i'm glad to i, I that makes me happy i'm glad to glad to hear that um so yeah the tv shows that the that, that disney has been adding the stuff that already exists we already mentioned ducktales and the three caballeros i mean of course they have all the simpsons now uh, which is pretty amazing. All six hundred something episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, I think most people are just going to be basically watching seasons three through nine. But whatever. I know that there's this thing where they blew them up. They've been yeah. blowing them up uh, because the aspect ratio was different. I I watched a couple of of my favorites like Marge versus the Monorail and Homer in Space. And I, to be honest, I didn't notice any huge difference. But I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't looking at it with like a jeweler's loop either. I still enjoyed the shows, but I can understand that, you know, yeah, you know, the Simpsons people worked really hard on those shows and you don't want them uh, futzed with just to, you know, supposedly fill up the space. So that way people are feeling like they're not missing something. It seems kind of silly. That's one thing I definitely fault Disney for. Um, if something was done in four by three for a TV screen, that's how we should be able to see it. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I hate that, that they pull it out and stretch it. And, and that, that I don't like at all. Um, so there is that. They also don't have the Michael Jackson Simpsons episode. Um, so oh. A real problem. Now, what they are saying is that was the package that they purchased from Fox. And it was Fox who chose not to include that. Huh. But if you're buying a property like that, I think you easily could say, well, we're putting that back in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. You would th- I mean, Fox own. Yeah. That's, that seems, that seems like a dodge a little bit. Uh, the other, the other TV show complaint I have is, um, so there's a great animated show called Tron uprising, mm-hmm. which kind of is a bridge between the original Tron and Tron legacy. And again, artwork is fantastic. It's so futuristic looking, but the first 10 episodes were done um, I guess it's like YouTube shorts or something like that. And they tell like a 30 minute story of how uh, the character Beck begins in the grid. And those 10 episodes, which are half an hour long in total, aren't on Disney plus. So for that, you have to go to YouTube, watch that and then pick it up on Disney plus. Huh? That's weird. So, so I'm disappointed with that too. Yeah. I mean, again, the thing with the aspect ratios, I, I hope that they don't, I mean, cause we now know that uh, Disney owns all these Fox movies and if you know, they, they own Fox catalog going all the way back into the 1930s and movies weren't shot in widescreen up until the 1950s. So what are they going to do? Are they going to say, I mean, if, if, uh, if Disney ends up buying Citizen Kane one time, are they going to like rejigger that so it's widescreen? I mean, that's that seems a little weird. To, I mean, not saying The Simpsons is Citizen Kane, but same. I mean, it's it's fine. You know, that's a, you want mo- people don't need everything in widescreen. You just want it to be the way it was originally done. So that seems exactly. a little strange to me. Um, now, movie wise, uh, their their movie catalog. I will say this was the main reason that I bought Disney plus pretty much on the first day that it came out because I, as a kid, uh, was not a big Disney. Uh, I wasn't a big Disney kid. I was more of a Warner brothers kid. I liked bugs, bunny and Duffy duck and stuff like that. Now I saw a bunch of Disney films as a kid. I certainly saw all the cartoons and I remember, I distinctly remember my mom, my mom taking me to see the cat from outer space. Um, but I didn't see a lot of their live action movies. Uh, I just missed them. Uh, and the ones from the '60s weren't really uh, licensed very much on on uh, local channels when I was watching stuff, so I didn't see a lot of this. So I was really looking forward to doing a deep dive into their live action catalog. And I will say, in this one area, I think they have they've fallen a little short. Now I know that when they pitched their channel, they were like they said something like all of Disney's vault. And I heard the word all, and I'm like, well, that means one thing, all. But this is not even close to all, not even remotely close to all. Now, I have watched a couple of these movies. I watched um, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes with with Kurt Russell, the first of a trilogy I was shocked to learn. Uh, Funnily enough, which they don't even have the whole trilogy. They have the first film and the third film, not the second film. And then I watched Castaway Cowboy with uh, James Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie that I'd never seen. So now, now look, neither one of these movies were, were masterpieces, but I really enjoy movies made kind of like an old style that you don't see them anymore, where things were made with like on repeated sets. Like, com- like apparently, some of the computer wore tennis shoes was literally shot like in Disney offices. Oh, 
And actually, yeah, when you see the outside of Medfield College, that is the office building. That, right. Those are the, yeah. the office. Absolutely, yeah. I love that stuff. I love that, like, there were people who went to work every day. And in the middle of it, it was like, oh, look, there's Kurt Russell and, you know, <laughs> Joe Flynn <laughs> shooting a scene for the computer wore tennis shoes. And there's like, oh, I'm just another day at the office. So I will say I was disappointed that, that the, the movie lineup is very thin. There were none. I made a joke about this uh, on Facebook where I was like, I, lo- I logged into to Disney Plus, looked for Super Dad. Couldn't yeah. find it and logged out. And, like, none of the Bob Crane movies are – I just love that, you know, super pervert Bob Crane was in a bunch of Disney films. But, like, hardly any of their 70s and 60s output, live action, are on the channel. And I I, I know that they can't put everything all at once. They have to – you know, I'm sure some stuff's got to get digitized and cleaned up. And, they, and also they want to have – they want to add stuff so you keep feeling yep. like you're getting more value. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you? Were, what was your take on the, the movie selection when you first saw it? Well, it's funny. Um, I have a huge, mo- I have a huge movie collection in general, and of course, I have a huge Disney movie collection. Um, like I literally have every animated movie. I have every Pixar movie. I have every Marvel movie. Just because that's wh- how I am. That's what I am. Um, <laughs> so. I knew going into Disney Plus, like, it, it's really, I probably am not going to watch Snow White or Dumbo or The Princess and the Frog or Big Hero 6 on Disney Plus because I have a Blu-ray and that is probably better quality. So in terms of those movies, it, it's great that every animated movie is on there except for two of them, Make My Music and Tarzan. Um, Tarzan will be coming once it's done with Netflix. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed with the live action. I printed out a list of every live action Disney movie. Um, I crossed off the ones I had already seen. You know, wait, wait, hold on, wait a minute. Where did you get a list like that? Uh, I'll send you a link. I, I, I think it's uh, DVD Dizzy. I think is what it's called. Somebody I'll... made like a list of all of their live action films. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I love lists, so I'm happy about. Yeah, that. that's that. That's really. I you know I I only really know. I mean, how else do you, would you know what's out? That's really cool. That's great. I'll send a link, and you can put it in the show. Yeah, list. sure. I'd love that. Thank you. So I went through my list, you know, crossed off the ones I seen, highlighted the ones I wanted to see, and I did make a separate profile for all the movies that I haven't seen, and it's maybe twenty. Which, yeah, I was expecting more. But like you said, I think, you know, each month there's going to be three or five more. You know, the month after that, there's going to be six or seven. Um, I will say I do think they did a good job of skimming every surface. So, you know, if you're a fan of the live action, there are whatever, 20 or 30 of them that you like. If you are a fan of... um, I forget what it's called, Disney Junior, which is like their preschool channel. Mm-hmm. There are 20 or 30 shows of that. If you like Disney Channel movies, there are, you know, 40 or 50. I think they really did a good job of taking every segment that the company serves and having at least some of that slice on Disney+. Plus. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, it makes sense that they'll, you know, that they're going through all this and, and pulling this stuff out and doing it a bit at a time. Because, yeah, you feel like you're getting more value if you come back to the site that you're already paying for. And they're like, oh, we've added 10 more movies. You're like, wow, I just got 10 more movies for free, basically. Uh, so I could see that. But I was a little, you know, I was like, oh, that's not on Super Dad's not on there. And, like, now you see him, now you don't isn't on there. And, like, all oh, this and this. And it's like, okay. And um, and kind of going back TV-wise, I'm I'm – I don't want to say shocked, but but genuinely surprised that none of like the Walt the white Walt like Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, or that like the Walt Disney TV show like none of that is there. Uh, that that seems shocking to me that because that show ran for like thirty years. I think that's surprising. Um, the other thing which amazes me is that's one of the things I hear most requested anytime like people talk about. Disney Plus, like, oh, you know, I want the Wonderful World of Disney. I want Disney Wonderful World of Color, Walt Disney Presents, all of those old shows. Like, there's definitely a market for them. Um, I do wonder if some of the hesitation might be because for some of the shows, like, you know, he showed, whatever, Alice in Wonderland for two weeks. So, you know, are people interested in watching Alice in Wonderland that way, Mm. where it's broken up? And you would you would have Walt Disney's introductions, which yeah, was like yeah. Killer but I don't know that people would watch those movies like that. So I, I don't know if we're ever going to see every episode of the various Disney Sunday night programs. I think we'll get a good sampling of them though eventually. Yeah, I mean, right. So they, they got to figure that you're, they're giving you added value over time, so they're going to add more and more uh, stuff. Um, I I was a little also a little surprised that like um on the Marvel section which of course gets its own tab uh like there aren't like the Marvel shorts like the live action shorts that they did there was that one Thor short where it was like him what what Thor was doing in between the movies and stuff like that's not there but, but other than that all the other Marvel stuff is there and it it leads me to 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 sort of wonder aloud and I wonder what your thoughts were about this like we know that they bought the Fox catalog so they could eventually start adding these films, right? Yes. Well, okay, you know, obviously some of the content here, the Marvel movies, uh, maybe some of the other films are, they're not, well, they're not adult movies. They're also not children's fare. I mean, like Avengers Endgame is on here and Avengers Endgame has a couple of curse words in it and it has some violence in it. But at the same time, we know that, Disney Plus is never going to go too heavy. Like, technically now, Disney owns uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly. And right. that, that sure as hell never going to show up on Disney Plus. Right. That'll go over to Hulu. Because um, now Disney has, I forget, is it 33% of Hulu? Something or, like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, I do think eventually it, Hulu will just be the quote-unquote grown-up Disney leg. Right, right. Um, I- I mean, there'd be no way to, you know, hey, everybody, please don't don't let your kids watch David Cronenberg's The Fly, right? I mean, you know, it's on, you know, it's on Disney Plus here, but please, please don't let them shit. By the way, uh, you mentioned that when you talk about the Walt Disney show, I was watching something. It was some special that Walt Disney hosted, and it had a little warning down at the bottom, and I thought it was one of the most elegant ways of putting it, and it said, warning, this show may contain outdated cultural depictions this show is being presented as it originally appeared which i thought was a very very 
kind of classy way of saying, look, there's probably going to be some dodgy race stuff here. Uh, maybe a little on the insensitive side, but we're not, you know, just so you know, we know it's there, but we don't want to edit it out either, which I actually thought was a very even-handed way of putting it, of just telling people, hey, look, there might be something here that in 2019 looks pretty wonky in terms of how we look at people of different backgrounds. But, you know, we're, we're, we also are trying to present this stuff as it existed, which I thought was a pretty good way of handling it. I agree. I like that. Um, I like you talked about Warner Brothers earlier. I like the way Warner Brothers presented theirs on their disc when they did the collection. Yes, the Warner Brothers shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the best way to do it. You know, either either, you know, a, a still on the screen or, you know, a host, uh, you know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg or Leonard Malton, someone like that, you know, coming on the screen saying, you know, this was made in the 30s, 40s, 50s. We had different attitudes back then. You know, thankfully, we've come a long way, but we want to present this, you know, to show how far we've come or however you want to word it. Yeah, I thought that was a good, good job, guys. I mean, that's a smart way to handle it. So uh, on the technical end, I also wanted to ask you, like, what do you think about just the site? Like how how friendly is it do you think to use i i've had a little bit of issues with it here and there one of the things i cannot stand that it does and this is unfortunately netflix does this too and so does hulu they don't they don't finish the program before they you know minimize it and put you up something else and it's like have you you know like the mandalorian's not over yet and they're trying to get me to watch empire strikes back i'm like can you just let me finish this I can't – I know that they've figured out some computer algorithm has determined people will stick around longer if you jam them right onto the next show. But, man, that frustrates me. I just want to watch the thing to the very end. Just just trust me to, to – uh, you know. So how, how does the site work for you? I hate that. Exactly what you said, like how you're, you're watching the credits and it shrinks down. I hate that. Yeah. But what I hate even more – is that they don't give you the option to turn it off. Yes, yes. Because hood. There is an autoplay feature for Disney+, Plus, which you can go in and turn off, which which I did. And they could do the exact same thing for the credits scene, and they don't. That makes me mad. Yeah. Uh, and I find it's a little hard to kind of, like, navigate out of some windows here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch an episode of a show... Uh, like you and, you and you move on to like say episode three and you try and like jump out to go back to the menu to find other episodes. You kind of can't do that. So I find it's a little wonky. I wish that they maybe weren't so focused on kind of like doing trending. I hate that stuff. Like, don't don't show me trending. Just show me everything. You know, I understand that they have these tabs, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National, National Geographic. Those are their brands. And I get that. That makes sense. And it, it it's smart to have all the Marvel stuff in one button. So you want to go to the Marvel stuff, there it is. But I wish that, like, like to me, to find some, again, some of their older movie content. And I know that I'm in the minority. You know, the, most people that are buying Disney Plus don't give a shit about super dad uh, but um but 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 nevertheless like you have to kind of like really look for it or or like the you know, blackbeard's ghost with peter ustinov which is on the site which i haven't watched it like it's kind of buried um it really is not you know easy to find in terms of versus some other stuff and i just wish you know i wish they were a little more equitable about all their content uh, but you know again i'm sure it's some algorithm that they have figured out that you know people want to see newer stuff and so we're going to we're going to lean heavily on that as opposed to some movie from 50 years ago. One thing I do like 
with that specifically what you were saying is um, if you go over to search, one of the explore windows is Disney through the decades collection. And I haven't checked this, but I'm pretty sure it does have everything that is on Disney plus. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. That's interesting. And it is in chronological order. Oh, it is. Look at that. I didn't even – I literally didn't know this existed. So I really like that. So there's lots of times where, especially like at work, if there's like a little bit of a downtime, I'll go through and I'll just like look at each one, see if I've seen it before, add it to my watch list. Oh, this is great. I literally didn't – I thank you, Sean. I literally <laughs> did not know this was here because uh, then now there's stuff that I – yeah, like Journey to the Center of the Earth. I want to watch that again. Uh, the the um, Robin Hood. The that's fun. Oh, cool! I do, and it's got Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, one of my all time favorite movies. I would have been crestfallen if that wasn't on here on day one. I would have really been upset if they didn't have Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but they did. Uh, so that's cool. I also one of the things they're also like. I like that they have a lot of their really old cartoons. Uh, oh, yeah, like stuff yeah. from the twenties and thirties. I mean, that's I think that's really fun that they would show this, you know, really ancient stuff. I mean, it looks all kind of like, uh, like they have the Goddess of Spring and the Grand Hot Grasshopper and the Ants, the Silly Symphony stuff. Like, I love that they're embracing their history because I mean, that's what that's what you know they was all built on this stuff, and so uh, I like that. But now this is a great feature. Uh, that's that's really smart to have it by decade. That's I, I dig that a lot. That's cool. Now the only thing it's that I think is kind of it is it is called Disney through the decades, but it is everything that's on Disney Plus. So there are Marvel and yeah. sorry, National Geographic included with that chronological list. It's all Disney now. It's all <laughs> Disney now. So um, that's cool. But jump, jumping back a little bit, what you were saying, yeah, I I am well, I was slash am. Disappointed that there aren't more Fox classic movies yeah. on the service. And I know that it was, you know, the deal came through late. Um, they were able to get some of them on. But um, I just recently watched All About Eve. And, oh, my God, that movie is just. <laughs> Can you imagine it's, it's that on the, Disney Plus? <laughs> it is one of the best movies ever made. It is just fantastic. And I, and I hope things like that are going to be on here. That would be great. That would be great. I would love it if Disney opened like a, you know, like their film vault. I mean, uh, they they own uh, the Razor's Edge, the 1946 Razor's Edge. It was my favorite book of all time with with Tyrone Power. So that would be, yeah, that would be, I, I would love it. I know that, you know, Disney is the ultimate family brand and I know they don't want to stray too far from that. And even with Star Wars and Marvel, those are family brands, if, if a little on the edgier side compared to, you know, the other stuff. But, um. It would be really great if they, you know, they they have this uh, huge film archive. So it would be really cool if they could spend a little bit of bandwidth to put some of their their classic movies up. That would be even Disney or their Fox movies would be really really cool. So I hope they do that. I hope that they, you know, I mean, it's, um, I mean, that one of the other things that I liked about Disney Plus, of course, was the price point. Yeah. I mean, they're lower than everybody else. I mean, you know, good lord, it's seven ninety. I'm paying seven ninety nine for all this content. I mean, I will say every so often when I get the bill for Netflix, I'm like, why am I paying fourteen bucks a month for this site that I don't use much? And then they'll come out with something that I'm dying to see or that I think is, you know, 
so worth like you know uh, dolomite is my name or whatever or the the bob dylan documentary i'm like all right okay you got me again for another couple of months all right that's fine but i mean disney really was really smart by undercutting everybody yeah. uh for that that price point is just crazy good for the amount of content that you're getting well and the other thing that's so fantastic about streaming services is you know the argument is well if i'm going to buy all these streaming services it's going to be the same as a cable bill right which which yeah if you are going to buy every streaming service that's right but are you really going to buy every streaming service no. like i just can't isn't the smart thing to do fine you know pick up disney plus watch it for a month two months three months and then switch over to whatever cbs mm-hmm. all access for a month or two then hulu for a month or two and the thing is with streaming services Literally, like, what, six clicks and you can cancel? Yeah, you know, five so easy to do. Yeah. Versus cable, where, oh my gosh, you literally would have to take a day off of work <laughs> to have them come and install it. And then e- even getting out of it yep. is such a hassle. But every streaming service, like, turn it on, turn it off. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. I do that with HBO, where I was, you know, I would get, I would get it for Game of Thrones. And the minute Game of Thrones was over, I was like, "All right, done. I'm done with with yeah. HBO." So yeah, it's a yeah. I, there were some like Hulu. I gave up on for a while, and then I went back to it when I got Mash again. By the way, Mash should be on here. Mash is Fox, and Fox is now Disney. So damn it, Disney Plus. I expect <laughs> all 251 Mashes on Disney Plus at some point. Well, that's the interesting thing, and I haven't really seen any of this debate or argument. So obviously, like you were talking about The Fly. Well, The Fly is obviously going to go to Hulu. Right. Like it, just, it cannot be on <laughs> That's absolutely true. But something like MASH could be on Disney. Like there's yeah. absolutely nothing offensive, and MASH definitely could be a family show. It ran on broadcast so, television for Pete's sakes. So it's interesting to see of things that – could be on Disney Plus what is going to be on Disney Plus and what's going to either stay or go to Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they've got it, it would be, I mean, MASH, I guess, is family viewing, I guess, sort of. I mean, it plays on MeTV now, and that's kind of like a, a little more of a family channel. I could see them saying, we're going to leave it over on Hulu because it's just slightly tilts a little more on the adult side. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. There's got to be like this team of people over at Disney. I guess it's a bunch of guys in like Chip and Dale costumes deciding this stuff, you know, like which stuff goes, the stuff goes over here, the stuff goes over here, you know, whatever, back and forth. But again, like I'm, you know, I just, I just, I just had Endgame on a couple of uh, hours before we recorded. And it's like that movie, that movie has a scene where they chop a guy's head off, you know, and like that's here on Disney plus. Well, I'm I'm almost positive the rule is PG thirteen and under is fine for okay. Disney Plus. So they'll, they'll go up to PG thirteen. Okay. Now I think it does depend on what kind of PG thirteen. Yes. Because a PG thirteen movie now is probably different than a PG thirteen movie from like the late eighties or nineties. Probably, probably, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's it said it's it's pretty amazing this thing. I mean, the announcement that. Uh, the the amount of like uh, you know buzz Disney was able to generate with this thing and this thing really was and I think they talked about that they already started with something like ten million subscribers which was like their goal for the first year I mean so they they just came out swinging and like I said I for all the the minuses uh, to it I am pretty happy with it I'm happy to pay the seven ninety nine 
And uh, I, I've been having fun watching these old movies, and I, I said as they add more and more of them, uh, it'll it'll be even it'll be even more of a value. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, I just wanted to distill this all down to one question, Sean, and and I will go first if you don't have an answer immediately. But if there is one thing, maybe you don't even limit it to one thing. If you have a couple ones, but if if you want to limit it to one thing, what piece of Disney entertainment? It could be anything. Would you like to see added that is not currently on here? If you're if you're literally saying it could be anything, if it's in the vault, it could be up here. With this, I'm not sure how vault this is. Okay. Um, so I would love them, c- kind of along the lines of the Imagineering story. Um, there are a ton of rides and shows and attractions that were created for Disney parks that aren't around anymore, and they're not going to bring them back. I would love to see super in-depth, in-depth shows that, that go into the creation of the ride, show attraction, but then also has, like, as much as you can recreate the experience, recreate that experience so that you can watch it at home. Now, some of, you know, a roller coaster is a roller coaster, so you're not going to be able to move that. But you could have, like, the footage that was shot on that roller coaster. Um, some of their... Shows have, you know, screens that go all around. Well, you can't replicate that on a streaming service, but I'd love to see documentaries about it. I'd love to see the foot, the actual footage that was used in that ride show or attraction. The other thing I would love, um, which if you're listening to the sound of my voice, please watch Newsies Live. <laughs> okay. So, Newsies Live. So the movie Newsies was from the 90s, Christian Bale. Uh, it's a musical. Uh, a couple of years ago, they did a live Broadway production, but they also filmed a version of that live stage show. And it's fantastic. Like, even just the way it's filmed is great. And I would love to see productions like that. Now, obviously, The Lion King on Broadway is still a hit, still selling out, still filled with there. You're not going to get that on Disney+. Plus. I understand that. But take another property and make a live version of that um you know they had they had tarzan and that didn't do well i would love to see a filmed version live of that on disney plus those are the two things that i would want the most for for disney plus those are both great answers and it's very funny to me that you happen to mention the newsies musical uh because just literally just today i am not making this up just today i had lunch uh with a friend of mine and he told me that his young daughter has watched that Newsies musical 80 times. <laughs> 80 times. <laughs> I think I've seen Jaws 80 times in Star Wars. That's about it. And she's only, she's, you know, like a tenth of my age. So that clearly, it must be pretty good because, you know, I'm talking to you. You're a grown man and you loved it. And you got this little girl. She's watched it again. 80 times. So I am now happy about the future of our world. There you go. That sounds fantastic. All right. Well, very cool. Those are good answers. My answer, I distilled it down to a single movie. There is a Disney film. It is a, um, it, it's, it's classified on IMDb as adventure, but I'll be dead if it doesn't look like a horror movie. It is called Dr. Sin 
alias the Scarecrow with Patrick McGowan. And the, 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 for those of you who've never heard of this movie, uh, the, the synopsis is in the 18th century England, the mysterious masked rider known as the Scarecrow, Patrick McGowan, leads a rebel band to save the town of Romney Marsh from King George III's oppression and naval press gangs. And the poster has got this Dr. Sin guy and he looks like, like he looks like a Batman villain. And the poster is blood red with this figure in black and white. And I have never seen this film. And every still I've seen of it makes me dying to see it. It looks so cool. And I know that I'm probably overselling it because it's a Disney film. It's not going to – I mean it's not a horror film. It's an adventure film. But just the the visual of this Dr. Sin character is so cool looking. I am Dying to see this movie, and it was the first. I, as much as I joked about that, I looked for Super Dad first. This was the first one I looked for. Was Doctor Sin? This was going to be the first thing I was going to watch, even ahead of the Mandalorian, and it's not on there. And I was like, "Ah!" So that is the one I am dying for. Have you ever seen Doctor Sin? Yes, uh, I actually own Doctor Sin. It's, it's <laughs> so, on. What is it on? Is it on DVD? It's on DVD. Um, so it's actually it's actually a TV show. So. Um, the Scarecrow of Romney March was uh, Marsh was a TV show for um, like the Wonderful World of Disney. Disney presents. Oh, really? I forget which iteration it was, but yeah. Um, so there are several episodes. Um, it was released on DVD um, a couple years back. Disney used to put out what's called the Walt Disney Treasures, which were two DVD set, uh, two disc DVD sets that were in uh, like a silver tin. And they were, um, they released the original like Mickey Mouse cartoons, Donald Duck cartoons, the Silly Symphonies, and then they also released certain episodes from the anthology series. And Doctor Sin, the Scarecrow of Romney March, is that. Now they took episodes of the movie and put them together, episodes of the TV show, and put them together as a movie. And the movie is also included on the disc. All right, I'm almost afraid to ask this because I don't want to be disabused if I'm wrong. But like, how good is the movie? Is it a, is it actually a good movie, or is it just is it not that great? I th- I th- I think you will appreciate it, knowing that you're not expecting it to be Gone with the Wind or Citizen Kane or that kind of thing. Um, the visuals are great. It's it you know it's a great setup. It's a great situation. Um, now, having said that. I've only watched it once when it first came out on. Okay, disc. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. It's just the visual, man. Is every time I've seen a still of that character, I'm like, God, that just looks so friggin'. Cool. It looks like what you know, like if they had done the Scarecrow on the Batman TV show, like oh, yeah, that's what he would have yeah. looked like. You know, what oh, I mean, it has yeah. that thing. So, all right, okay, fair enough. Well, I said I will, I will try and manage my expectations as best as possible. But man. Every so often, I am going to do the, you know, do that search. Just type in Dr. Sin and just see if it shows up. So one day it will, hopefully. So, uh, well, all right. That's, I mean, that's Disney Plus. Is there anything she wants, anything else you wanted to say about it before we sign off, Sean? I would definitely say, you know, if anyone is listening to this, has an interest in it, or is even curious about it, definitely sign up for a month. It's six ninety nine one month. I mean, even, even if you would watch, gosh, even if you would watch one movie, it's cheaper than a movie at, the theater. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think if you're curious, look at it and, and see if they have what's interesting to you. All right. Well, very cool. Again, thank you so much, Sean. Again, I always enjoy talking to you. You've been on a bunch of uh, different shows. You've been on Digest Cast. You've been on FW Presents. You've been on MASHCast. 
so it's like you 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 cover all the different bases, and and now you've been on of course for all mankind as well. So I always enjoy talking to you, and I really appreciate you doing this with me. Absolutely, it was great fun. All right, very cool. So, of course, everybody, uh, let us know what you think of Disney+. Plus. You can go to the website and leave a comment on this episode at our website, firewaterpodcast.com. And, of course, if you want to support the network, you can do so over on Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast, and there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So we have to thank David S. Gutierrez and Gord Tolton for their support. For the network. So I guess that is going to do it. Uh, I'm going to go uh, and watch Blackbeard's Ghost, I think, right now. And, uh, and uh, you know, finish up my evening watching some, some old classic uh, Disney movies. Or maybe The uh, Strongest Man in the World. The cha- <laughs> chapter three of the, <laughs> uh, of, the, of the Kurt Russell trilogy there. Uh, so anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we will see you later. Bye. Scarecrow, Scarecrow. The soldiers of the king feared his name. Scarecrow. On the southern coast of England, there's a legend people tell of days long ago when the great scarecrow would ride from the jaws of hell and laugh <laughs> with a fiendish yell. With his clothes all torn and tattered, through the black of night he'd ride. From the marsh to the coast, like a demon ghost, he'd show his face, then hide, and he'd laugh <laughs> till he split his side. Scarecrow, 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 the soldiers of the king feared his name. Scarecrow, 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 the country folk all loved him just the same. Scarecrow, he would always help the farmer when there was no gold to bring. He'd find a way for the poor to pay the taxes of the king. Scarecrow, every man would sing. So the king told all his soldiers, hang him high or hang him low. But never return till the day I learn he's gone in flames below. Or you'll hang with a great scarecrow. Scarecrow, 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 scarecrow. The soldiers of the king feared his name. Scarecrow, 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 scarecrow. The country folk all love him just the same. Scarecrow.